What's up, cool cats and cuties? This is the Promenade Merchants Podcast, a Star Trek podcast out on the frontier. So sit down and grab a rock to Gino as David Majors and Heather Kirby talk all things Star Trek. Old, new, and what's to come. The Promenade Merchants are open for business. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Promenade Merchants Podcast, your favorite independent Star Trek podcast, which is what we are, the cool, scrappy, underdog Star Trek podcast. I'm David Majors, and I am joined by my co-host, Miss Heather Kirby. What's up, Heather? What is up, David? And, you know, I just need to point out that while I insisted on taking the weekend off the weekend of my birthday, we are recording on David's birthday, so you can send his well wishes to our Promenade Merchants email, any e-cards, funny birthday cards, uh, joke memes, send them out there. Any Dabo <laughs> girls' phone numbers. <laughs> I'm shameless. Thank you, Heather. Thank you, everybody out there that has already wished me a happy birthday. Thank you so much. And even if you just want to talk Star Trek, send send us an at. On Twitter, at PromTrekPod, send us an email at PromenadeTrekPod, because that's really what this is all about. We're about Star Trek. So, I'm ready. And Heather, I say this just about every episode we do, but man, this episode, we've got a lot (laughs) of Star Trek to talk about. You know, we have so much Star Trek to talk about that we kind of like cheated on a couple of subjects just so we can cover all the exciting star trek news in one episode uh so yeah it's gonna be a good time it's gonna be great uh of course we're recording this just a few days removed from star trek day 2021 where there was a giant celebration of star trek in los angeles with an orchestra conducted by jeff russo cbs paramount viacom put together an entire presentation uh with a live audience to celebrate star trek the legacy and the history of star trek and give us a little bit more about the new star trek that is coming in the not too distant future and we're just going to be covering all of that on this episode uh we are still going to fit it into our regular promenade merchants format where we do old business where we talk about history and legacy and that sort of thing uh new business with what is happening in star trek right now because obviously as we're recording this lower decks season two episodes four and five have recently aired so spoiler warning if you're not caught up up and an upcoming business where we look ahead to Star Trek that is yet to be on our screens. We talk about what might be coming. What's Star Trek beyond, if you will. So let's start with the old business. Uh, We are going to cheat a little bit here because we are going to talk about Star Trek Strange New Worlds. And we were introduced to the entire main cast of this series. Uh, Anson Mount, uh, Ethan Peck, Rebecca Romaine, we already know, but we were also introduced to a couple of legacy Star Trek characters, including Dr. Mbenga, the former chief medical officer who will be played by Babs Olomasonkun, 
uh, Jess Bush, who will be playing Nurse Christine Chapel, who will somehow exist at the same time as number one, finally. So for all, all of the continuity kids out there that might start thinking that this is an alternate timeline or something, no, it's not. It's, it's the Star Trek Prime timeline. Yes, they were both played by Major Barrett Roddenberry. Get over it! And in Strange New Worlds, it will be played by two different people. Jess Bush will be playing Nurse Chapel. Number one will be played by Rebecca Romaine. And last, but certainly not least, Celia Rose Gooding will be playing Cadet, Cadet, Niyota Uhura. Now that's a big deal. That one is big. Uh, so Heather, we've got some legacy characters from Star Trek, uh, in Strange New Worlds. We're, we're getting some history here. Uh, what do you think so far? Okay. So. And yes, we will talk about the new cast members too. Yes, we will. Don't worry. Uh, well, I am super excited to announce that I am actually slightly pumped (laughs) for Strange New Worlds after that character reveal trailer. Um, (laughs) I, 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 I will well admit that I am a person who, I am one of those fans who loves nostalgia. And, um, I love the idea of these legacy characters uh joining pike spock and number one in strange new worlds um i think they are characters that while they were already established in the original series um they really did not get a chance to dive into depth about any of these three legacy characters And so the opportunity to do that in Strange New Worlds is wide open for them. And I really look forward to see that. Now, (laughs) as David mentioned, (laughs) I'm more excited for a couple of the new characters uh, that they announced. But they still tie into the legacy of Star Trek, David. (laughs) They do. They absolutely (laughs) do. And we're going to talk about that because, first of all, we have Christina Chung, who will be playing Lan Nunyan Singh. And that last name sounds very familiar to the Star Trek fans out there. Am I right, Heather? Oh, yes. Uh, we will see. We will see. Maybe it's coincidence. Maybe the last name Nunyan Singh is a very common name oh, oh, in oh, oh, the oh. Star Trek universe. Okay, maybe it is. Come on, maybe. Come on. We all know that that is not coincidence. You do not give a character the last name of Nunyan Singh unless you got to tie it back to either of the two characters before that had that last name. There's been way too many Nunyan things in the Star Trek universe for that to be a coincidence. It, it's not a coincidence, okay? It's just a matter of <laughs> who her character connects to that we don't yet know yet. Because there are multiple possibilities as to um, how she could connect to these... Uh, legacy characters as a whole there's multiple different possibilities i'm just glad she's not played by brent spiner (laughs) i'm just saying (laughs) 
that that would be i mean we know he's a pretty talented actor but that'd be a lot of range that'd be a lot of range the, the man has uh, range the man has range uh it looks as though melissa navia will be playing lieutenant erica ortegas who according to Tretcore, looks like they may be a security officer that, that's a a new character uh who I, i'm especially interested in for no particular reason but i just think that it's cool uh also bruce horick uh actor based in toronto will be playing hammer who looks to be an Anar, who is a sort of Andorian race uh, that is also blind. Uh, Bruce Horick, the actor, is also visually impaired himself. Now, Heather, when this news was announced, I know that it struck a chord with you especially. Yeah, no, I'm really excited about Hemmer. Um, the Anars, like, I, I love Andorians in general, and one of my they are pretty cool one of my favorite episodes of enterprise is when they went to andoria and they introduced the anars which is like a subsect of andorian uh not only are they blind but they're telepathic and they're also um kind of like an albino version of an andorian because they're slightly more paler they're not the same blue color uh but I, I love that he is a main character. I love that he is actually played by a visually impaired actor. Um, it, it's just, <laughs> it's, it's something really, really special that they have this type of representation. And it's something that they could tell some really important stories with. And I, I'm... I'm actually excited to see what they do with Strange New Worlds now. I know. I've been, like, not on the bandwagon. I, I'm halfway now, on Heather, the bandwagon now. Halfway. Heather. Yeah. I'm just going to go ahead and do it. I don't normally do this, but I told you. <laughs> I, I said from the very beginning that Strange New Worlds has something to it that could be very, very special. And I feel more and more that there is something about Strange New Worlds that is that is going to be a very special series. And the more that is revealed about it, the more I'm confident in this. Uh, and for me, seeing Celia Rose Gooding playing Cadet Ohura, there's something really interesting about that. Because in a lot of ways... There's still so much to explore with the Ohura character in these early years aboard the Enterprise. There was some explored to a degree in the original series as well as the animated series and maybe to a certain point in the Star Trek movies, in the TOS movies, um, as well as the Kelvin universe. But given that she's going to be a regular character in a series in the 21st century... The fact that they will absolutely give her more because she is an important character to this franchise, I think that is really exciting. And that's how I feel about all of these legacy characters, really, especially number one and especially Dr. Mbenga. We know that they are a part of Star Trek history, but there is so very little about them that is 
established canon, which, as has been said, changes depending on a day that ends in Y. But I love that we have a show that is going to write new stories for these characters and now there will be history so that maybe 50 years from now when there's another 55 years worth of star trek these characters will have a much more rich history than they had before which at this point they are pretty much a blank slate like we did not really learn una's last name until a couple of days ago and now we know that her last name is uh, her full name is una chin riley and for me personally i am already calling her una in my head more than number one and i'm really excited about that i just i just love that we are getting a mix of old and new yeah no i i like I said, I, I'm I'm halfway on the bandwagon. I, I'm really pumped to see what they do with all of these different characters. Uh, th- there is definitely so much potential, and they really put a lot of thought into casting people who can uh, embrace the legacy of these characters. Because, I mean, when they first cast... Um, I'm just going to use his first name because I'll butcher his last name. But when they first cast Babs, everyone was like, oh, my God, he can play Dr. Mbenga. <laughs> everyone said that. And that is who he is playing. Um, like Celia Rose Gooding has a background in theater and most especially musical theater. So, you know, she can sing and we know Uhura can sing. Like, there's just little hints and details that they really put thought into making sure they chose the right people for these roles. And I think that's what is really important when you're casting characters with such a legacy like this. It's what they did in the Kelvin films, and it's what they're doing here with Strange New Worlds. And I think that's is what will make people watch it and and really get excited about it. Completely agree. And I'm looking forward to whenever it comes out. We did not get an official premiere date for Strange New Worlds, but I think 2022 is is fair to assume. Uh, so let's move into uh, new can, business. Can I Heather. add oh, no. one more thing to old business? Absolutely. Uh, so I, I, and I hate that this didn't get a mention like during any of the panels or anything, but I found out later, well, you and me both found out Jolene Blaylock was at Star Trek day. Yes, she was amazing. And I just want to say how much I love seeing all the fans post about how much they love and respect Jolene Blaylock. Uh, I hope it somehow the universe gets it back to her how much Star Trek fans love her because it was so wonderful to see her there. Agreed, 100%. I feel like all people who love Star Trek, save for one person, uh, RB, we'll call him, uh, (laughs) has nothing but the utmost appreciation and respect for Jolene Blaylock. 
and there is not a doubt in my mind that she would be welcomed back to Team Star Trek without a second thought. And I have a feeling that she probably knows that. Uh, I would not be surprised if Alex Kurtzman himself invited her to Star Trek Day just to make the point that... Star Trek fans appreciate Enterprise, appreciate that cast, and appreciate her specifically for being more than just Vulcan eye candy and for more than just another woman in Star Trek in a cat suit. I think that it's it's important to know that people that love Star Trek appreciate her for more than just that. And I hope that message gets across. I really do. Yeah, I hope so too. I I just had to give her a shout out before we moved on to the next business because it made me so happy to see her there. So happy. Agreed. Agreed. Now let's jump into new business because we've still got Star Trek airing right now with Star Trek Lower Decks. Uh, episode four of season two, Magato Gumato. <laughs> the Cerritos is dispatched to investigate the sighting of a dangerous Mugato, the, the ape-like creature. Uh, meanwhile, Dr. Tiana gives Ensign Tendi a special assignment. Whew! Heather? I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Uh, I'm not one to shy away from puns, ever. This is a rather horny episode. <laughs> it's a very horny episode, and that's all I'm gonna say. I, I honestly, I think I blocked that part out in my head. Yeah. <laughs> to be yeah. completely honest, and then people online kept bringing it up, and it's like I'm trying to forget that, really. Uh, but seriously, my favorite part of this episode was actually uh, the B plot because I love how they are just going into. Um, Dr. Tiana being Cation and embracing her cat-like tendencies. Uh, so that whole chase between her and Tendi um, for her to get the scan, I just loved. Um, the other thing I really appreciated about this episode was the uh, play <laughs> on pronunciation <laughs> and everybody pronounced Mugatu something different. <laughs> <laughs> um, See, we just did it differently. Yeah, yeah. I said Mugato, you said Mugatu. <laughs> it's something that happens so often, especially with alien names and things in Star Trek, where people just pronounce it differently. So um, I'd love to play on that. But, yep. It was a very horny episode. <laughs> it, it was. Uh, I especially liked the fact that the last couple of episodes have been really giving us a little bit more of Ensign Tendi. Uh, we're, we're seeing more from her, which is really good. I like that Dr. Tiana challenged Tendi to get this assignment of scanning people for their medical exam done, and she actually did it. That's one of those things that is that would have fit very well any other Star Trek series where it's this young ensign medical officer that gets an assignment from the chief medical officer. And that is a perfect Star Trek B plot. 
And the only difference with Lower Decks, it's that it's done for comedic effect. But that was something that could have fit in any other Star Trek series. That would absolutely be something you'd see, you could see on Voyager. It's absolutely something you could have seen on DS9. It's absolutely something you could have seen on Voyager. It, it was very Star Trek. Um, I also liked that in the A plot, the Lower Deckers and Captain Freeman found a way to appeal to the Ferengis' profit lust to protect the Mugato. And they used the Federation ideals to stop them from poaching and trafficking and to build a preservation resort for the Mugato. And it was it was very environmentalist in a lot of ways and and that's very much in line with a lot of the messages that star trek tries to convey and i think that was really really well done the the grossness of this episode aside i think there were some good things in here and i think it's probably my least favorite episode of season two so far but i'll say that it was a pretty good episode yeah, um, it was decent. I, I I liked, like, especially since you had the odd pairing of Mariner and Tendi the episode before, I love that we really had the pairing of Boimler and Rutherford in this episode. And it was what really made the whole plot and, and convincing bargaining with the Ferengi work because the two of them doing that were the only characters that could make that work. Like Mariner wouldn't have been able to make that work, but Boimler and Rutherford did. So I like that. I like, I like that they're switching up the different pairings um, just to give us something different. And it, it works out well. And you're starting to see the ensigns doing more stuff. You're starting to see them grow as characters. Like you could actually say that, from season one to season two so far, there's been some real character development and story progression. And I think that's really cool. And we start to see even a little bit more of that in episode five, an embarrassment of duplers. Uh, Captain Freeman and the senior staff are trying to balance a diplomatic rendezvous with a most interesting people known as the duplers. Uh, they're, they're very insecure. Uh, while also trying to make their way into a very exclusive white service dress Starfleet party. Um, you know it's a party because they were all wearing their, their white uniforms. I thought this episode was really a lot of fun. Uh, we got to see Mariner and Boimler rekindle their friendship. I might have a controversial opinion about that one again. And... You get to see the bridge crew, which ironically in, in Lower Decks is something that doesn't happen often. But you you got to see Captain Freeman and kind of her issue of fitting in with all of the other captains because she's on the Cerritos, which isn't really high on anybody's list as far as a great ship goes. But. There was a lot of comedy in here that was done really, really well, Heather. I liked this episode a lot, but there is one thing that kind of stuck out in my head. But uh, I'd love to know what you thought, too. 
Yeah, I really enjoyed this one. Um, And it's another instance of them really finding these amazing uh, comedic guest stars that really fit these characters because I think Richard Kind was fantastic as the Dupler, Um, just like the same way Jack McBrayer was absolutely legendary as Badgie in season one. Um, Richard Kind just completely fit that character so well. And uh, I, I, I love the shenanigans that they got into on the Starbase, uh, Mariner and Boimler. Um, once again, just chock full of different Easter eggs as they're going through the base and the aviary there in the data bubble bath. <laughs> um, and yeah, my last thought is Kirk and Spock are canon. <laughs> Oh, yeah, of course they are. But does that mean Boimler and Mariner are canon? Does that, is that what that means? Well, I mean, everybody keeps insisting they're together. So I, I think that's going to be one of those, like, as much as I really don't like the idea of them putting Tindy and Rutherford together, I think that's going to be one of those things where it's just, it's, it's going to be a long-running thing that people always mistake him as her boyfriend or her as his girlfriend because they're they're just the type of friends where that happens so i'm not sure if it's something that they're so does that mean kirk and spock are just friends like that no (laughs) (laughs) okay okay all right um there is one thing that came up in this episode that kind of bugged me a little bit and it was at the very beginning of the series in season one where a, a little bit of Mariners knowing everything, doing everything, been everywhere, knows everybody. I'm almost going to say Mary Sue tendencies started to pop up again. And it was like, mm, I don't I don't like that again. And a, a little bit of the Mariner is always right kind of popped up again. And that bugged me a little. It bugged me a little. And that was one minor thing from this episode that that kind of kind of bugged me a little bit. But it ended okay because her and Boimler apologized to one another and they they're still really good friends. And the episode ended on a high note with the Duplers at the party. Also, I know that a lot of Star Trek The Next Generation nerds absolutely lost their minds because I'm one of them when they saw at the party Captain Shelby. Yes. Yes. That that was big. That was big. Uh, because uh, in the the famous Star Trek The Next Generation episode, uh, Best of Both Worlds, War of the Worlds, I always get that title mixed up. Uh, she was Riker's first officer after Jean-Luc Picard was assimilated by the Borg. And she was on the way up the chain and everyone knew it. And now that we see after the fact that she is a Starfleet captain and that worked out for her, that that's the kind of thing that lower decks does that you can see and you can tell and you can know that the people behind lower decks absolutely love star trek 
And you see that from so many of the other shows, just how much they love Star Trek and are reverent towards the legacy of the franchise. And you just got to appreciate that. Yeah, I, I, I mean, yeah, think what you will about any of the shows like they're they're not all for everyone but you can if you watch them and you really pay attention to what's going on you can see that the people who are creating star trek now just have an overwhelmingly love and respect for the franchise and i, I mean it's obvious and you can't tell me otherwise <laughs> it, no, it really is it, it it shows up in every single show if you think that the people making star trek now don't love star trek you're wrong and you probably don't love star trek so go away uh so upcoming business heather 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 <laughs> we, we got a lot we got a lot uh, so, starting off with the one I know you're most excited for from Star Trek Day, we got a trailer and a first look at Star Trek Prodigy with its premiere date. Yes. I, oh, that trailer, um, just, we, we got our first look at uh, John Noble and Jimmy Simpson's characters that they're voicing. Uh, we got... What I, I I just every time I keep seeing these trailers, I get chills when I hear Kate Mulder's voice. Okay, I get chills. That's how excited I am for Star Trek Prodigy. Um, it will be premiering the week directly after the season finale of Lower Decks, so that's October the twenty eighth. Twenty eighth. Yeah. Yes. Uh. So, I. Am thrilled to see what Star Trek Prodigy gives us. Um, it is a show that is really made for introducing the younger generation into the Star Trek universe. But I know so many people, especially uh, deep, dear Janeway fans like myself, are absolutely thrilled to watch it as well. So I can't wait. I cannot wait. It's, it's going to be amazing. Now, what I will say is that for me, Star Trek Prodigy has kind of been what Strange New Worlds has been for you. I really have nothing against Star Trek Prodigy, but so far it's just not getting me as excited as the others. I'm absolutely going to watch it. I'm absolutely going to check it out. Because I want to. I want to give it a chance. I'm going in with an open mind. What I'm hoping is that when it does air on Nickelodeon, I hope that it's in a really good time slot. So it has the chance to get in, to get in front of as many eyes as possible of all ages. Because while Star Trek Prodigy may not necessarily be for me, I know it's going to have an audience and the more people watching Star Trek, the better that that's what I care about. And 
I hope I enjoy it, because if I enjoy it, that tells me everybody else that's really excited, like you, Heather, is probably going to absolutely love it. And I I hope that when it does premiere in October, that it blows me away. I really do. And I, I'm in that way. I am looking forward to watching it. I, I hope I hope it does well. I hope people really do love it. And I I want Star Trek Prodigy to do well. I hope I like it. Uh, and we don't have that long. It's going to go right when Lower Decks ends. We're getting another long stretch of, of Star Trek uh, in the fall and going into 2022. We're going to have plenty of things to talk about, Heather, which is great for this podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and, you know... In the middle of November, we're probably going to have to like lengthen the podcast a little bit because we will have two shows on at the same time when Discovery Season 4 premieres on November the 18th. We're going to have way too much Star Trek to talk about. Show's going to be like twice the size, man. Unprecedented, absolutely unprecedented. Two Star Trek shows airing at the same time for the first time since... I don't know, maybe like 1995, 1994, something like that. Mid 90s, I think, somewhere around there. Somewhere around there. Uh, And Star Trek Discovery Season 4 is on its way. We've seen a few stills. We we had a, a teaser a while back. And this is right now the big show. This is the flagship show of Star Trek. And you can't help but be excited it's it's discovery it's the show that everyone's talking about has been talking about since it premiered and everyone has said that it's going to be more of what we love more of the bridge crew and yeah it's star trek discovery period i think that's the 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 best thing about star trek day is that we didn't get a whole lot about star trek discovery because there's so much going on right now that they're using the time that they have to promote the new shows and the ones that don't have uh, an established season or uh an established base yet and star trek discovery is that flagship so you don't need to talk a whole lot about it because we're already here we already love it we're already gonna tune into season four i mean what else is there to talk about agreed um you know what actually there is something that i want to talk about And, and this isn't just for discovery but it's for all of the upcoming star trek series as a whole And I'm going to speak this into the ether through the podcast. And everyone out there listening, let me know how you feel. Send us a tweet at PromTrekPod. Another set of new uniforms. (laughs) Come on, guys. Viacom, CBS, Paramount, what are you doing? You are killing these cosplayers out here with another set of uniforms. And the Strange New Worlds uniforms. And guys, come on, you're the cosplayers are going to be working like triple shifts trying to get all of this in order, which is why I said a couple of days ago. Now is the perfect time for CBS and Viacom to start working on a Star Trek 
uniform store. Now's the time. Because it's not like people won't buy them. Okay, so here's the thing. I agree with you. It is the perfect time. Because the company that held the Star Trek license in order to... Pro- to uh, produce licensed Star Trek uniforms went bankrupt. (laughs) So now is the time for Star Trek to find a better company than Anovos and get producing on these uniforms because as much as it is very easy to buy Chinese knockoffs off of eBay, thank you, China, thank you, eBay, um, I I would or definitely... Wish. Thank you, Wish. Shout out to Wish. Yeah, most of the stuff from Wish comes from China, too, man. <laughs> but... yeah, it's true. <laughs> I, I, I would definitely be willing to spend some money on uniforms that came straight from a Star Trek license rather than from a Chinese knockoff. And, and and don't get me wrong, plenty of the Chinese knockoffs are very well done. But, uh, yeah, especially if I'm uh, going to put it into use, I would be willing to spend the money on a decent uniform in some instances. So get on that CBS Viacom. Um, find yourself a good clothing producer that's not going to steal people's money like a Novos and start making multiple as they say it's a license to print money yeah it's a license to print money give people a a easily accessible somewhat affordable way to get star trek uniforms (laughs) yeah and they'll they'll come running they'll come running uh lastly for upcoming business and we'll get out of here is the one that really threw me for a loop uh, Star Trek Picard. Uh, first of all, it was announced that season three is confirmed. Uh, but also, uh, season two of Star Trek Picard will air in February of 2022. So it's on the way. Heather, this trailer. Um, wow. Th- this trailer really threw me for a loop. I'm not going to lie. Um... I'm going to let you go first on this one, Heather, about the trailer for season two of Star Trek Picard. I know it's always a bad sign when you let me go first. Uh, So I'm not going to lie. I uh, didn't pay a whole lot of attention to the trailer of season two of Star Trek Picard. I might have to watch it over again. Um, I was just really mesmerized by... Rafi and Seven looking very gay together. <laughs> so there were a few other things, <laughs> but uh, I, I, you know, I I'm impressed about the fact that the trailer really delved into what the story of the season is going to be because they don't typically do that. So they really gave you a lot of information in that trailer. Um, it's. They gave you a lot of information without giving you a lot of information because they kind of told you the basics of what's going to happen in season two, but they didn't tell you the how it's going to happen (laughs) or why exactly it's going to happen. I mean, it's implied that Q fucked things up, but did he completely fuck it up? 
I, you know, the, the, it, it like it gave you info, but it it did not give you the who, what, when, where, and why of it. So I guess that's still very Star Trek on that front. Um, but yeah, I you know, my thing with with Star Trek Picard is that I I really love, like I said at the start of the show, I love nostalgia. And just seeing Patrick Stewart on screen gives me all the nostalgia I ever need in the entire world. <laughs> okay. So I'm on board no matter what happens. Uh, like I said, I, I, I very much love seeing Raffi and Seven being very gay together. Um, so that was wonderful. And I'm interested to see what happens with them thrown into a modern day setting which is always makes for good Star Trek when they've done that in past series. It really does. So to have an almost an entire season set that way is going to be really interesting. Um, yeah. So what flaming hot take are you coming at me with, David? <laughs> Your turn. Okay. So regular listeners of the podcast will know that I have said in the past many times that just like Captain Janeway, I don't like time travel in my Star Trek. I don't like it at all. Also, number two, I've never been a big fan of Q. Kind of gets on my nerves. Q wears out his welcome very quickly for me. Nothing against Robert Delan- John Delancey. Sorry, John Delancey. He's a fantastic actor. He plays that role extremely well. I get a little tired of Q very quickly. Kind of like a lot of the Starfleet cast. Like Q shows up and it's just like, oh, this guy. So we've got two major plot points of Star Trek Picard that are usually not my favorite things in Star Trek. So I saw both of these things happening and was kind of like, oh, man. Also, coupled with the fact that season one of Picard was not my favorite. I am a little concerned about season two of Star Trek Picard, Heather. I am. I am a little bit concerned. Okay. I'm not I'm not exactly loving it. Well, let me put it to you this way. Q's not going to be around the entire season. Q never sticks around for an entire sure. season. Sure. Um and my other point to that is uh we have an entirely n- new showrunner for Picard. So it it's going to be different from season 1. Is it going to be better? I don't know yet. I don't know. We got to watch it and find out. But it's going to be different. As to the whole time travel thing, I I just, part of me just wants to know how they got there. Because my issue with time travel in Star Trek is that a lot of it doesn't make sense. And what they were showing in the trailer 
which was kind of implying how they were going to time travel, did not make sense to me at all. Now, that could have just been a red It felt like they really didn't explain it at all. Well, they were talking about there are ways of time traveling, and that's when the trailer was cutting between scenes with the Borg Queen. And I'm like, how the fuck did the Borg help them time travel? And why the fuck would they go to the Borg Queen to help them time travel? Like, (laughs) two plus two did not equal four in that instance. Um... So, I guess I just kind of let that one go because we don't have all of the answers yet. Yeah. It, so I don't know. I mean, we knew that, that Q was going to be a huge part of it. We knew he was going to mess up their timeline. We did not know how they were going to fix the timeline. But usually when you mess up the timeline, time travel is how you fix it. So... And we don't really know, like I said, especially because they detailed this out in the trailer, makes me think that it's not going to encompass the entire season. Because they're not going to give away their entire season plot point in a trailer. You would think. You You would would think. think. Right, because like, like think back to Discovery season two, when we learned about the Red Angel, but that's all we learned about was like red sig- signals showing up places. We didn't learn all the details of the Red Angel in that trailer. So, yeah, it, 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 I, I just, I think there's a lot more to it than what we saw. So I, I there's definitely something to the alternate timeline where the Federation is a totalitarian empire that may or may not be like the Terran Empire. Uh, it could be or it could be something else entirely uh, that that I will say was interesting because it, it you know, maybe it's not the Terran Empire. Maybe it is just a different timeline. And that would be cool. I, I'd be cool with that. And the idea of how they will fix the timeline is a little bit interesting, so long as Q doesn't get too much in the way. It, it Star Trek Picard is like, we're going to rename it Star Trek Multiverse of Madness. <laughs> I'd be cool with that. I mean, that'd be a way to get your boy Benedict Cumberbatch into the Star Trek <laughs> franchise again. That'd be a way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I, 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 yeah, we'll just have to see. I mean, we still got a while to wait on that one. So. Yeah, we do. Uh, they're, they're, they're doing like two big plot points that are like my least favorite things in Star Trek. So I, I'm going to, just like with Prodigy, I'm going to keep an open mind and I'm going to give it a shot because that's what you do. Well, you, and you if don't. You don't automatically decide you hate something when you haven't watched it yet. And if not, we can just talk about uh, how awesome Rafi and Seven are being gay together. That would be great. That would be awesome. <laughs> we we can this spend an been... entire podcast talking about that instead of the actual plot, plot of the card, <laughs> if need be. That's okay. Um, 
I will let you host those, and you can go as long as you like. Okay. Uh, but until then, we'll still have plenty to talk about for the Promenade Merchants podcast. So thank you so much, Heather. Thank you all for listening. Heather, let everybody know where they can find you. You can find me on Twitter at NerdyGal33. Uh, talk to me about Star Trek. Talk to me about Marvel. Don't talk to me about SVU lately. They've pissed me off. All right. And uh, I don't do this often, but we are recording on my birthday, so I'm going to do it. You can talk to me at Call Me DJM. Star Trek, anime, wrestling, sports especially anime i'm totally cool with the anime talk please uh at call me djm on twitter and of course the podcast is at prom trek pod send us an email long form style classic style at promenade trek pod at gmail.com let me know what you think tell me how wrong i am for not being excited about season two of picard Somebody let me know it's okay we'll read it yeah send us show. an email We'll totally read it on the show. We will. But until then, thank you for listening to the Promenade Merchants podcast, everybody. Walk with the prosper and live long and profits. <laughs> <laughs>